Praise the Lord, this is Brother Julius. I me again. We are going through the book of Epistle of John, chapter 1. We are now in chapter 2, and I'm going to continue from verse 22. 1 John chapter 2, from verse 22. This is Apostle John writing about the, of the things that were happening in their generation, which also is happening in this world, in this end of time. Verse 22 said, Who is a liar, but he that denied that Jesus is the Christ, is Antichrist that denied the Father and the Son. Now, in the earlier verses, he mentioned that in verse 19, he was talking about some people that were, he called them Antichrist, that is, they are also an opposing Christ. And I explained that in the last broadcast. He said they went out from among us, but they were not of us. And those are the people that he said, Who oh, is a liar? They are saying, they are denying the, the, Lord Jesus, the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ or denying the, the deity of our Lord Jesus Christ, saying that he was not the Son of God or he was not the Messiah for them. And uh, they were using that for generation that that was saying Christ Jesus Christ was not their Messiah. Up to now, the the rabbinic Jews in Israel, some of them still don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, but there are a lot of Jews that have accepted Christ as the Savior. So we thank God for that. Just like apostles who are all Jews too, Muslims. Verse 23 said, Whosoever deny the Son, the same as not the Father. That is, that acknowledge the Son as the Father also. That is, when you believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, you already have the Father go with you. Why? Because it is God that manifested in the flesh. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ said. Now let's go further. Verse 24. Let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us even eternal life. Christ has given us eternal life as we read in the first chapter where Christ said in his prayer that this is eternal life that they may know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Knowing God and the Lord Jesus Christ is eternal life. Because God was manifested in the flesh in the form of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he, the Lord Jesus Christ prayed that prayer and said, This is eternal life, that they might know the, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Verse 26, These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. Now what do they mean by them that seduce you? In their generation, is the Apostle John is writing this letter to the believers. And he has known that some people have come among them, claiming to be believers also, that were trying to preach us and trying to turn them away from Christ to just worshiping God without calling the name of Christ. But that's a deception. They all say we are worshiping God through the law of Moses and they are trying to sideline side the Lord Jesus Christ as if he was just a, a rabbi that they didn't believe in. But see, they cannot get through God except through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible says, there is no salvation in any other person. For there is none under name, under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. You see, but the, the people that are coming among the believers in the Jesus Apostle John, they were trying to kind of turn the people away gradually away from Christ to just following the law of Moses. And that, that won't work out. Christ also sec, you know, seconded it in, the, in his letter, in the letter to the churches. In the, the, the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and 3, it said that they are the synagogue of Satan. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Why do they use the word synagogue? Because they claim to be following the law of Moses and they worship in synagogues. But uh, 
It's in their synagogue. Says if they don't believe the Lord Jesus Christ is the Savior. Verse twenty-seven of First John chapter two. See, but the anointing which ye have received of Him of Christ abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it has taught you, ye shall abide in Him. Now he's saying the Holy Ghost anointing that is in us is teaching us what is the truth. And like Jesus Christ said, say when the Spirit of God shall come, He shall lead you to all truth. And the truth is that Christ is the only way. The truth is that God manifested in the flesh as the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why there's no other salvation in any other. No other name given among men whereby we must be saved by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Believing that, we have eternal life. And following Him is how we secure our eternal life. Now verse 28, I'm still in first epistle of John chapter 2. Verse 28 says, And now little children, Abide in him that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. By abiding in Christ means you are following his, his word. His word, his commandment word is that love one another. Love one another. So when we walk in love, we are abiding in him. And when we are following the Lord Jesus Christ, not just walking in love, not accepting Christ. You no, know, like some people try to say, they don't know how to, uh, they didn't want to accept that they just taught men, God said, just love woman beings. Well, you can't love human beings to the pleasing point that God wants when you have your sins of Adam has not been forgiven you. God's come, you have got to come to first be saved to partake of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, Except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. When you have the Lord Jesus Christ in you, that's when you have that life. And that is the beginning of it. Then you have to walk in love because God is just his love. And Walking in love is walking in the light of God. Verse 28. And now little children abide in him that when ye shall appear, ye we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Verse 29 says, If ye know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. So when you walk in righteousness, you are born of God. When you walk in the light of God, you will be walking in righteousness. Now we're going to chapter 3. You have to remember these letters were not written in chapters and verses. The compilers put them in chapters and verses for us for reference sake. So it's continuation of the letter he was writing. He may change his tone. That's why they put it in chapters. This is a, a new thought he's taking. He's saying right now. So they put it in chapter 3. Now he said, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. First John chapter 3 verse 1. What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not because it knew him not. So Apostle John is declaring for, for everyone to say that we are called sons of God. God is calling us sons. You know in the religion like the Islam they taught you, you, know, you can't be son of God. You are all slaves of God. No, God does not create us as slaves. We are created to be in the image of God and then He's adopting us to be sons indeed through the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, God has predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ, unto Himself. So, see, that is the plan of God to adopt children unto Himself. So, we became sons of God just like Jesus Christ was, was manifested as Son of God. And He said, when He was going, He told Mary Magdalene, 
Say, I go to my God and your God, my Father and your Father. That is, we should begin to address God as our Father and our God. Just like Jesus Christ was calling God his Father and his God. He said, we should have that personal relationship with God. He is our Father, everlasting Father. And that's what Jesus Christ has come to institute on earth. That we are now called sons of God, not slaves of God. So only Christians are called themselves sons of God. By being renewed, you say, no, you say, can the Muslim also call themselves sons of God? If they have been born again, and the only way you get born again is through Jesus Christ, so how can you be opposing Christ and you don't accept Christ and say you are Son of God? You've got to be born again. A new spirit created in you, the spirit of the Son of God is created in us. So then we are sons of God because we are born again. Because you are a son of somebody only when you have his like-mindedness. Because we are human beings, the Son make us automatically sons. That's just like the structure of us. Because God created us in His image. However, there are two parts to image. The first part is biological image, which we, what we are. The second part is behavioral image. So you can see if somebody, if you go and adopt a baby that is not your baby by biological, but you can raise that baby to be like you, he'll be calling you father. That's the real, that's when you are a father in it. When you raise a baby up to think like you, to talk like you, to behave like you, then you are fathering the baby. That's what we call fathering the baby. Not because you just deliver sperm to a woman and, uh, and you run away, and then you think you are a father. You are not a father. You may have the biological son, but you don't stay there and raise that person, that baby, to become manhood or womanhood, then you are not a father. So that is why I said to be an image of somebody, you have to be not just the biological image, you have to be the behavioral image. That is the fathering that God is doing to us by giving us a new life and then raising us up to be like Christ Jesus, his son. So when we live like him and behave like him, he give us his power to, to demonstrate like him. See? But we have to have the love of God like him. We have to have the gentleness of God. We have to be changed from within. That's what he's doing for us, fathering us to be like him. That's when we are really sons of God. So that's what the Apostle Paul is saying here. When he said, what manner of love God has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. He said, the world does not know us yet because they don't know him. Verse 2, verse, first John chapter 3, verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, when Christ shall come back, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, verse 3 is very important. Every man that has this hope in him, that if you have the hope that you are going to see him as he is and be like him, how do you be like him? Purify yourself, even as he is pure. That is, live in the light, live holy, live in righteousness. That's how you are purifying yourself. As he is pure, you'll be pure like that because God is fathering us by his changing us, molding us to be like him in our in our behavior. Holy Ghost is in us, in depositing us to help us to live like Christ, to live a holy life. And that is what he's talking about. Say that everyone that has this hope in him purify himself as he is pure. So God is our Father and is shaping with other believers to be in his behavioral image. Rather than just having the structure of God. Because we have the structure of God by being human beings. Because when you look at the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel said he saw God after he rode upon the cherubs. He said there was a throne on top of all those cherubs. 
and on the throne was one that seated like what? Like a son of man. That's when God said he created man in his own image. That's why we don't have physical wings. God does not have a physical wing that you can fly. See? He was riding upon the cherubs. But when the seeker saw him, he said, one like a like a pillar of fire, but he was like a, like a son of man. And that was the logic I said, that is the son of man that was in heaven. He came down upon the earth and put on human flesh. That was what Apostle John was saying there. And that is what we are, like a structure of him. He made us in his image. We have hands and eyes and two ears, nose and everything, just like God has, like a son of man. We don't have wings, you know. We are not like boss. So that's why we are in this structural image. But to really become sons, he has to mold us to have a behavior like him. That is the fathering. That's why I say you can be a biological father. You just impregnate a woman and run away. You are not there to raise the baby. You are not a father. <laughs> you may be a biological person that just deposits the egg. Somebody can buy egg from where people are buying sperm from somewhere else now. From people just deposit. That's not fathering. You may have some biological children like that. But when you are a father in it, you stay there and provide for this baby and raise the baby to behave like you, to go to college, to be just like what you want it to be. That is what God is doing for us. And we that are following Christ, that is shaping like that, to have his likeness, he said in uh, to have our likeness. That's what Genesis chapter 1 said. That is when he is our father indeed, and he's making us to be like his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he came to demonstrate for us. Look at it in Gospel of in the book of Genesis chapter 1. When God was creating man, what did he say? Verse 26, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Let us make man in our image. After our likeness. What does that mean after our likeness? The way what we like is what this man also will like. See, after our likeness. That is what God was creating in us. We are in this image, in the structural image. But after our likeness, when you are he was fathering us to be like him. That Bible I just read to you is not just for the beginning. It is actually is prophesying of the end. We that are going to become sons of God. He has created us like this in form of human beings. But then it's father in us to have the nature and the character and the behavior of the Son of God, Lord Jesus Christ. And we are changing from glory unto glory unto the image of the Son of God. And that's what Apostle John was saying here when he said, after anyone that have this hope in himself will purify himself in verse 1 John chapter 3, verse 3. Verse 4. Whosoever committed sin, now is going to begin to bring it. To, to our level. Whosoever committed sin transgressed also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. Whatever is called on, on, on righteousness is called sin. Verse 5. For you know that he was manifested, Jesus Christ was manifested to take away our sins. And in him is no sin. Christ came to take away our sins from us. From, our, from us. He giving us a new nature, a new heart, a new spirit so that we sin no more. Verse 6. And say, In him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him, in Christ, sineth not. So, this is very important. You have to look at it and say, You should not be committing sin. There should be no sin nature in you if you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Whosoever abideth in him, sineth not. That is, we have to abide in him. Abide in his word. Abide in his lifestyle. Abide in his nature. In his word that he has told us. When you abide in it, just keep it, keep it in your heart and keep meditating upon it and keep living like that, then you will sin not. Whosoever sinned has not seen him, neither known him. And if you are living in sin, 
you are living a lifestyle of sin. You have not seen God. You have not known God. Little children, verse 7. Let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil. You hear that? Anyone that practices sin is what we can explain it that way. If practicing sin is it is your lifestyle to be behaving like that. That you are practicing sin. Not like where yeah, you were angry yesterday, you offended. If you remember that who you are, you should apologize. And God and God and call upon the Lord to forgive you and wash you and you wash you. But if you are practicing sin, you are ungodly always looking for fornication, going to um, to to do all those all those uh, promiscuity, or you are going after prostitutes, or you are embezzling, it's your it's your lifestyle. Uh, bribery and corruption is your lifestyle. Then you are actually a sinner. That's what you mean by a sinner. Not something that you fall into. It is something you do regularly as your lifestyle. Then you are not of God yet. You are of the devil. That's what he's saying. See, you say what committed sin is of the devil. That's First John chapter three, verse eight. Is what I just said. He that committed sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So the Lord Jesus Christ came to destroy the works of the devil from individual life, from your life, from my life, when you let him. How will he do it? He's changing your spirit inside when you let him. He's changing our spirit inside by this born-again experience. You let him, you take the old nature out, give you a new nature when you accept him, when you call upon him to come into your life. He said, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood, then you have this life in you. So that is what changes us from inside. And only the born again experience gives that to people. And it's, we invite you to, if you have not, surrender to Christ and then live for him from that day forward. That's why Christ came to destroy the works of the devil in our lives. Verse 9. Whosoever is born of God, this born again experience we are talking about, whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. For his seed, and the seed of God remains in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. See, God deposited something in us, which is the Holy Spirit, that is controlling us from within that we cannot sin. We cannot sin. It's just a nature, a change of nature. Just like you can look at animals, look at the sheep, sheep, and look at a dog, and look at a pig. They have their different nature. You can put the type of a, 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 a very beautiful cloth on a pig, but the nature of the pig is to go into the mud and wallow. It's just their nature. The same way, a sheep, we have a nature that it cannot go into the mud, it cannot even go into and eat a poo, which a dog can eat. So there's different nature for every different people. So we have a new nature when you come to Christ, you are born again, give you a new nature. That's the new nature we are talking about. Now Christ is giving us a new nature. And that's what's called he's born of God. When we are born of God, we cannot sin. It's not our nature to sin anymore. If somebody push you into the mud, then you, you see, you won't be comfortable in that mud. You'll be crying to him to wash you. And that's why he said, if you come sin, we have to advocate okay with the Father. As we read in chapter, chapter 1. Because we are born of God, we cannot sin. Verse 10 of First John chapter 3. In this, the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. 
For this is the message that ye have from the beginning, that we should love one another. So now you're coming back to that love again, which is the topic he's really emphasizing. He said, this is the message from the beginning that we should love one another. Not as K, verse 12, who was of that wicked one and slew his brother. And wherefore slew him? Because his own works were evil and his brother is righteous. We are to walk in love and the love of God is already shed abroad to our by the Holy Ghost when we are born again. And we are to walk in that love, the love of God. And he said, not like Cain who slew his brother, because his own work was evil, he was jealous of his brother. That's why, he, you see, from jealousy, Satan, we put in spirits of murder. And that's what God was warning Cain about that. Sin is at the corner. If you let this behavior be in you, this anger, it will bring in, the devils will come in and take advantage of that anger and make you do some murder. Verse 13 says, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hated his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Verse 16 says, Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Now it's bringing us to the fact that when we say we love, we must be ready to lay down our life for God. For him, for the brethren, he said, for him, we lay down our life. That is, we love one another so much that we are ready to suffer with brethren, suffer for one another, suffer with the brethren who are being persecuted. That's why he said, lay down your life for them. But also, as this world's good and set his brother half need and shutted up his bowels of compassion from him, how do the love of God in him? Now he's bringing to practicality now. Let me say you want to have, if you say you have love, you must be able to help the brother that is in desperate need. That's what he's talking about. Financial need, help in any other way that you can help them. See, that's how we show our love. Love has to be shown in practicality. That's why if you have the world's good and see your brother have need, you don't want to shut up your bowels of compassion from him. But in my literature, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And this is not just by saying we love, we must be able to show it by helping, by deeds and in truth. Verse 19. Hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. That is, if your heart is condemning you that yeah, you didn't do right for that person, then God is greater than that, so you should repent. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. So it is the heart, our heart is our spirit. Whatever you are doing, if you are, your spirit is condemning you, your heart is condemning you, that means that you, God is already condemning you for what you have done wrong. So you repent from it and ask God to watch you, to forgive you. Because what you have done is right, your spirit will not condemn you unless you don't have the Holy Ghost in you. If the Holy Ghost is in you, your spirit will condemn you if you do something wrong. That's why it's say if our heart condemns us not. But those who have not the Holy Ghost, their heart is already seared with hot time. So they can be doing those wickedness and those evil things without feeling any shame. That means they are not really born again. We are talking of those who are born again. This word is written to we believers that are born again. If you are born again, the Spirit of God is already deposited in you. And so if you do something wrong, your heart will condemn you. It is your spirit itself that is first convicting you of what you have done wrong. 
and you should just humbly apologize. Don't be proud. Don't try to justify. Just apologize to the Lord. And if you have to make a restitution, if you need to make restitution, just make restitution to the person that you're offended. I seem to say, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of the Son of, of His Son Jesus Christ and love one another as He gave us commandment. That's the commandment of God. Believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and then love one another. That's His commandment. Those who don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and they think their own religion is it, they cannot please God because this is His commandment. Believe in the name of His Son Jesus Christ and then love one another. But that's the love that Christ has given to us. Just love one another and believe in His name, Jesus Christ. And then you are saved. Verse 24. He that keepeth his commandment dwelleth in him, and he in him. Hereby we know that he abides in us by the spirit which he has given to us. Say so we are in him and he is in us. We know we are in him by walking in his ways and walking in his lifestyle and walking in his in his in his precept. How do we know he's in us? He has given us the Holy Spirit. That's why we speak in another tongue. He wants to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. If you have not been baptized with the Holy Ghost, that is an evidence that to you that he is living inside you. So that's what Apostle John is saying that. First John chapter 3, verse 24. And we're going to go to chapter 4, where he actually talks about love. But before we go there, we may have to put, take, take that in the next verse. But let's emphasize some key things in this chapter 3 again. Here he said in verse 19, Hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our heart before him. If, we, if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. That is applicable in everything of life. If you are to say, is this right or is this not right? Shake your spirit. If your spirit is condemning you, what do you have to shake your spirit? What does your heart say? If you are a born again believer now, not the unbeliever. Unbeliever that has not been regenerated, their heart is already evil. They need a new heart, a new spirit. That's what we are talking about. Unless you are born again, you cannot depend on that your heart to lead you. And when you are born again, filled with the Holy Spirit of God, especially, then you can listen to your spirit. If you are doing, if you are deciding to say, should I go in this direction? I'm not going to like this. Your spirit can guide you and lead you. Your spirit. Holy Ghost is in your spirit. But if you are not born again, you can't depend on that. Now, the same way, if you have done something wrong, your spirit will convict you that you have done something wrong. Not condemnation. Convict you to come unto Christ and repent from it. And call on the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you. And then you cleanse you and then you live right from that temple. That's why he's the property of our sins. He's continually playing our king because he's the high priest of our profession. High priest after the order of Melchizedek. That's what the Bible says. Our Lord Jesus Christ is in that position right now. Pleading our case. But we are not to indulge in sin like we say in the earlier chapters. Because if you willfully commit sin, you, there's no more forgiveness. No more, no more sacrifice for sins. Because Apostle Paul said in the book of Hebrews. So you have to remember that. So whatever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. But so say, if our heart condemns us not, then we have confidence toward God. So if our heart is not condemning us, we can freely ask and we receive. And we'll be free to, to, to present our case before God and say, ask and shall receive that our joy may be full. I pray that God will bless this into your heart. And we shall continue in the next broadcast. God bless you.